All right, welcome to Trumbull Dads here in Trumbull, Connecticut, the city you've probably never heard of. But anyway, we got some three great sports minds here. We got Rob Finn joining us again. We decided to bring him back. We've got Brian BG because I always butcher his last name, and, and alongside myself, uh, Nate Moyer. So we're uh, we're back, Rob. Like we said, we brought you back another week. So uh, let's let's not mess this up. Let's keep it going. Um, Guys, we got kind of a surprise announcement yesterday. Um, Andrew Luck is retiring at the age of 29 years old. Um, definitely a shock. Definitely a huge shock if you drafted him in your fantasy football league um, before he announced, which has got to be awful. Uh, so, so Rob, what, what do you think? What, what's your take on Luck retiring? I, I am very surprised. I mean, it, it came out of nowhere, right? I mean for the obvious reason. I mean, and no one expected this and, you know, he was hurt dealing with some injuries, but um, I think it was a very big, big move. It had to be a big decision for him, but I, I was shocked. I mean, you know, if it was another injury where maybe it hurt his Achilles and he was going to be out for the season, I could see it, but um, there was no real indicator that he was uh, going to do this. So definitely shocked. I think like everyone else in the league. Brian, what do you think? What was your, yeah, I was, I was stunned. I mean, I know he's been hurt, um, I guess this new injury is something that he's not going to be able to come back from. Maybe he got some medical news that, you know, if they fuse this together, or I guess this was his ankle, uh, if that, that was the injury, I mean, I, I, I guess that's just, he's not gonna be able to come back from it. I, I, I was in shock. Um, but then I think back like young guys, you know, he was 29. So, you know, he's been playing in the league a long time. Uh, well, he's been in the NFL a long time. I can't say he's been playing for a long time, but uh, you know, other guys like Barry Sanders and uh, you know Calvin Johnson, they put up Hall of Fame type careers, uh, and they called it quits early. You got Luck, who when he played was great, but you know the injuries really kept him off the field for a long time. I, I kind of understand why, but yeah, I'm with I'm with Rob. I was I was shocked, sad. You know, there's good talent. I wish he could be playing more. Yeah, I you know I've always been a fan of Andrew Luck, so it was um, I was disappointed, but you know the guy's he's a pretty smart guy. He graduated from Stanford, so he's got a good head on his shoulders. He knows what he's dealing with. Um, and again, I mean, it's just weird that you would think he would just maybe say, "I got to take the season off or shut it down for the season before just overall retirement." But um, you know, he's I, I don't know what he's dealing with before. I know he had the shoulders thing, and I think they they classified it as an ankle, like you mentioned. Um, lately, and then uh, this, yeah. So I don't know what it is, but I, it just sounds like he's mentally exhausted from going through the rehab, and you know that could be tough for a, an athlete. Maybe if you help, hold yourself to a high standard, you just can't get get through this and do what you're capable of doing. So um, one thing that was kind of crazy was so this got announced while the Colts were playing their preseason game. And fans were booing Andrew Luck off the field. What do you guys think about that? I think that's crazy. I mean, that guy gave you seven hard seasons. He, he, you know, I mean, he brought him to the playoffs his rookie season. I think his next two. So first three years. I mean, he's just been battling injuries after injuries. That team got worse and worse with linemen. Um, you know, they didn't do anything to address the line. He just took Ryan. I think you're right. I think it's the men mental part of the game that just – you know, has worn him down and just trying to rehab again. And, uh, you know, you look at the, the Colts now and they were favored only because of him. How much did they just drop because of the Colts? 
I mean, because of uh, in Vegas odds, because of him not playing. So they went from twelve to one odds to win the Super Bowl to thirty to one odds. Yeah, with the fight with the Jets. Today. So that's I mean, how much, it's that's that like there's no one else on that team, right? I mean, he was the heart and soul of that team. So maybe just, he just couldn't do it again, like you said, and and it just it, it meant it wore him down mentally, and he just couldn't do it anymore. So twelve to one to win the world. To, twelve to one Super Bowl for the Colts. Yeah, they went to, from twelve to one to thirty to one. So that's I mean that's I was reading that on ESPN earlier today. Wow. Um story about that. What do you what do you think, Brian? What do you think about booing your quarterback because he's retiring that, like I mean that, that, that I mean, that's just terrible. I mean I, I would hope the fans just didn't know what was going on, but that it's just inexcusable. I mean they there's a guy uh to replace Peyton Manning. You know, this was gonna be their heir apparent. And when he was on the field, like I said, he was really good. Uh, why, why boo any player? Uh, I would never do that, but you know, Philly would probably disagree with me. They, I was say, this is, if this is Philadelphia, I wouldn't be surprised, but this is Indianapolis. Yeah, their own player all the, the time. Talks. I mean, come on, you know, I, I feel like, you know, Indianapolis is a respectable city. Come on, uh, treat, treat that guy a little bit better, you know, kind of understand the situation. The guy's looking out for himself. Uh, he, and that, that's always going to be first and foremost. So, you know, that's a shame that they they did that. Um, maybe, maybe he gets his head back together, rehabs, and says, "You know what? I'm feeling pretty good." Steps away for a year or two and comes back. I mean, he's young enough to do it. You never know. Yeah, and the good thing about with back. yeah with the Colts, they they said right now they're not going to recoup any of the money from him. So that to me, it kind of seems like they're leaving the door open for him. Like if he takes a year yeah. off and says, "Hey, you know what? I really miss it. I'm better. I'm good to go." He can come back and he's still under contract. So that's. Um, to me, it kind of leaves the door a little bit open. I, I don't know if he's had conversations with them or not. Like, eh, but they worked out uh, an agreement. So if he comes back, he comes back. So now, if based on what we've had in our lifetime, I think we can almost compare this to when Jordan abruptly retired in 1993. What do you guys think was a bigger shock for you? I mean, now, now nowadays, we found this out so quickly. Um, with social media, with ESPN, you know, up to the minute. Whereas in the '90s, it wasn't as quick to find out. You just kind of had to wait till the news. What, what do you think, Brian? Was was which one was more of a shock to you? Uh, uh, Michael Jordan, for sure. Just because I, I guess maybe I was younger, I didn't know anything, and then all of a sudden hearing that he's not playing anymore, that was weird, and that he's going to baseball. I would think that was probably even more of a shock. Um, but, you know, seeing that news come across, I mean, now you, you have up-to-the-minute news, and it's like four minutes ago, Andrew Luck announces retirement. Like, that, that's shocking. You know, that, that everybody's been talking about it since. Yeah, we got the text from a Trumbull dad, one of our Trumbull dads that's in the same fantasy league, that, oh, by the way, Luck's retiring. We're like, wait, what? And yeah. we all probably ran to our phones, ran to the TV, like, what? Is he serious? And sure enough, I mean, as soon as I got that text, I immediately went to ESPN.com on my phone, and the app, the um, the site wasn't working. It was right. crazy. It's like, it said, like, up. refresh, because I think everybody was doing the exact same thing. Like, is this... Is this for is this for real? So, um, Rob, what did you think the, dealing with uh, comparing it to Jordan? Obviously, we're younger, but yeah, and I, I honestly, I almost think the luck thing was a little bit more shocking for me because he was so much younger, and you know he hasn't won a Super Bowl and he was coming back from an injury and the season starting in a week and a half. Um, 
But Jordan had won some championships. I didn't believe his father had passed away. So I was surprised, but not surprised. I thought, you know, he needed to take a break. Um, I think the word retiring, maybe he could have just stepped away from the game for a little bit. But um, I don't know. I think the, the Andrew Luck thing, I think, shocked me just because it's the last preseason game and the season starting. And, you know, this isn't like the off season, right? Right. Where he gets right. an injury and it's like he's just going to give him time. I mean, they could have drafted a quarterback. They could have done a lot of things in free agency. And it's like just to kind of leave them high and dry. Maybe that's where the fans were going, right? I mean, maybe they're just like, now, now you're going to do it. Now they realize there's going to be a whole wasted season. We'll that's true. That does make sense a little bit. Not that we're condoning what the fans were booing about, but you can kind of get on their side. Like, you know, yeah, the timing is not, not helpful to us. Um, so what is it? Brissett is the, the backup. Well now starter. Right? So he's, you know, that's that it, it could be worse. It's not like you're dropping some third string scrub and stuff like that. Although if, if he goes down, they might be starting a, um, one yeah, of those he goes guys. Down, plus, Nate, you're playing quarterback. Right. I guess so. I mean, plus, I mean, you got to think about now you got to look at the cuts that teams are making for quarterbacks. And now, you know, the Colts are right there and they're going to be looking at the waiver wire. Right. All those guys that get cut right away to see who's, who's available. That's going to come in and be a solid backup, maybe a good veteran presence. Um, you never know. Maybe with, I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick, if he doesn't win the job is going to go anywhere. I think he's still going to be a backup there. So I don't think you're going to have to worry about him going anywhere. But uh, I guess for me, I think Jordan was more of a shock because Jordan didn't have the injury, I guess, because Andrew Luck had this funny injury that we weren't sure about if it was really his ankle or if he's just classified as that, where Jordan was fresh off a championship, kind of at his peak. And you're kind of like, that just doesn't make sense. Now, obviously, I was, I think, 11 or 12 years old at the time. But I think looking back, I think that made a little bit more it was more confusing. Like he's leaving at the top of his game. And then of course going to baseball and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> not, not only are you not taking a season off basketball. I mean, you're not coming back to basketball. You're going to go play baseball now. All right. Um, I, it, he always looked funny playing baseball. I mean, I, he was there to sell tickets. Obviously I think he moved up higher than he should have, but seeing him and playing baseball, it was just, it was just weird. Um, yeah. I kind of wished he'd do well, almost like what Tebow's doing, but Tebow's getting there. He's on, I think he's at the AAA level now for the Mets, uh, but he's done for the year injury-wise. But we'll see if he gets in there. I think that'd be kind of a cool story, as long as he gets in there for his talent and not for his name. Yeah, I, I, he wasn't hitting very well this year. He started off very slow. I mean, he was having a, an okay season, but I, I can't see him actually making the playoffs. Like I follow the, the Mets minor league system, and you know, there's he's not even a top twenty prospect. I mean, if they brought him up. It would be the end of the year where the Mets are out of it and they want to sell some tickets, but they can't. Yeah. He's not. He's, he's an athlete, but he's just not the caliber to be an MLB player. I think. Yeah, we'll no, I agree. Way. Unfortunately, he's, he's he's talented. He's not an MLB type type guy. I mean, jo- like Jordan just looked weird swinging a bat. Yeah, it just didn't look didn't look normal. Didn't look natural. Tebow, I think, has a little bit more natural ability uh, for baseball, but. Again, just not major league ready. Not not today's game anyway. It's, it's a little different now. Yeah, it's a bummer. So, all right. So with obviously this is kind of an injury thing we're talking about uh, with Luck and him retiring. But we've seen a lot of injuries in the preseason. Do you guys think that the NFL is going to change this for preseason games? Think they'll reduce it? Think they'll get rid of it overall? Because it just seems to be so many starters won't play. People are so worried about injuries at this point. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I I think there it, it something's going to happen next year. I mean, Lamar Miller just got injured his ACL. He's done for the year now. Um, so the Texans, thank God, they have uh, you know 
Duke Johnson Jr. Uh, Jr. back there, but that's about it. They have no running back depth. So you see more and more teams not playing starters. Um, you know, we're playing like a series because they don't want to get them hurt. And no one's going to these preseason games anyway. I think the NFL is going to start realizing this is just a wash and, and um, they're going to do something. I, I think they probably will reduce it to two or three, you know, maybe over time. I don't think they can do anything drastic, but they're going to do something. It's, it's crazy how many injuries we've had so far. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. They, got, they have. I think what you're going to see first is the, the starters aren't going to play. You know, you're going to have three, you're going to have the four games. You're not going to see any starters. Maybe if one's coming back from injury and they got to get in a couple of reps or something like that just to kind of get going. I mean, the quarterbacks and wide receivers, you want to have some timing there. Can you really get it all done in practice? Then you're going to see week one and week two where teams are really trying to find, you know, their groove and it's going to take away from the regular season. Um, I don't know. It's a it's tough because you kind of need preseason games to, to get everybody on the same page. You also don't want to get anybody hurt. You don't want to really not play a hundred percent each preseason game either because the guys on defense weren't playing for jobs. You got guys that are uh, playing for their careers here, preseason or not. Um, I don't know. I, I think something something has to happen, but that that's tough. Football's a tough game to to have a preseason for. I wouldn't be surprised if you just saw, you know, a couple of the big, big scrimmages, shared practices, kind of like a yeah. spring training uh, yeah. kind of thing that baseball does where, you know, I have split squads and, you know, have uh, games here and there, little mini games or scrimmages, that kind of thing. And uh, and that would be a preseason. Maybe do that for like two or three weeks and then start it up regular season week one. Yeah, because another thing, too, is a lot of the teams don't show much of their playbooks either. So what's the real point of the preseason? You're getting guys. It's not like you're getting guys that are two and third, you know, second and third on the depth chart running the playbook. Right. You're not. You're seeing the very vanilla plays, and it's like, well, what's the whole point? Like, these guys need to get their reps. They need to get the timing down, but they're not showing the plays. So what's the point for these starters to be in the game? And, um, you know, it, it's just it just seems like you're right. We, they should just have mini games and things like that. Maybe they could do something with a training camp where the closest team comes to visit. So like if you're the Cardinals, I'm just going to use them for an example, maybe the Chargers come over, right? Because they're from California or the LA. Because um, then they can, you know, come over there, Arizona goes there, vice versa. And you do like a scrimmage you, and you just say, hey, training camp on a Thursday is going to be a, a game and we're going to charge, you know, two or three bucks to get in and you can watch it first. 10,000 fans that can make, make it are there. So... Uh, but yeah, again, it's just I don't really see the point anymore of preseason outside of the NFL making money off it and selling tickets and how desperate everybody is to see football. <laughs> By the time it rolls around, we've missed footballs for so long. Well, you know, we'll when you have season tickets, so. season tickets includes preseason. So they sell those four tickets at regular season prices for that, yeah. um, which fans aren't going to want to pay because they don't want to go. Nobody's playing. They're not seeing anything. It means absolutely nothing. Why right. pay for it? Um <laughs> And the NFL, they want to increase. They want to make the season even longer. They want like seven. They want eighteen weeks, nineteen weeks, something like that. They want to put more games. So I think what you might see is a shorter preseason and then start the season early by a week or two. Um, see, I think it'd be it better with that. It'd, they'd at least be meaningful games and more fun for fans to watch because you'd have the playbooks open, you'd have the starters in there. Um, fantasy would be fun because then you just have more games. But the so players, people are alive. Players yeah. aren't going to want to do that because the players are every single time they step on the field, they're they're 
they're thinking this could be the, my last play. Right. True. And well, I, there's been that's a terrible. About, yeah. There's been talks about like, you know, like you guys said, extending it to like 18 or 19 weeks and having maybe two bye weeks in a season to help guys. Um, I think the biggest thing for them to, to do would be to increase the 53 man roster, you know, having more guys in. So if a guy is, you know, you know, questionable, you let the guy rest and you bring a guy on, you have more players around. You're not getting guys out there who are injured in a game or maybe partially injured in a game. Let someone else sub in because you got, you know, extra bodies in there. Um, you know, maybe do, and then just doing away with the preseason, like you guys are saying, let them scrimmage around. I think these guys see enough in practice to know who's got it, who doesn't. And uh, I mean, most of these guys end up in a practice squad anyway. So, I mean, if you need to bring them up, I mean, they're all NFL players, let's say, right? I mean, so you're playing against NFL guys and caliber guys on in preseason or practice. So what do you need a, a Thursday night game for and just throwing the four stringers in there anyway? Like you're saying, you're not seeing the first string guys. So why bother? I think as ratings go down and the NFL players union is going to step into it, if they start seeing the significant injuries, you know, they're going to be the ones that are driving force and the fans. I don't think NFL is going to walk away from that money. They're going to, their hand has to be forced for this. Yeah, it's true. So, all right. Well, something that just happened today, uh, the little league world series. So they're done Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Um, I think they're like what, 11 and 12 year old kids. So anyway, they had the international championship game, which was the United States team, which was Louisiana and the international team, which was Curacao. They play today. Uh, USA won eight to zero, kind of a fun game um, if you're a USA fan. But just it's really kind of fun to watch the Little League World Series. These kids are just playing for the love of the game. You know, they're out there with their buddies. They're from their hometown. I mean, it's just I don't know. It's just kind of cool. There's great sportsmanship. I saw. I watched the game today, and the guy um, for Curacao accidentally uh, hit the uh, batter in the back. And the guy got to first. And when the batter got to first, the pitcher walked over and gave him a fist bump like, hey, sorry. I mean, that's something you'd never see in the MLB, right? It's just right. more of like, all right, I plunked you because you plunked somebody on our team or um, like whatever. You just don't even look at him. It's kind of a cool sportsmanship. So obviously overall, like what do you guys feel about Little League? I mean, Little League and Little League World Series, watching it over the course of years i mean you guys both have sons i have a son so kind of thought this would be kind of fun to talk about a little bit so brian what, what do you think i think the little league world series is awesome i mean it's fun to watch like you said the sportsmanship is phenomenal i think i mean given my son's giving him a chance to play in something like that would be absolutely amazing not only just for baseball and uh the interaction with the teammates it's just the experience going to Williamsport, seeing all these kids from all over the world that played the game he would. Um, it, it's just cool. Uh, my favorite part of the, the World Series, the Little League World Series, is when uh, they have that pro game. They do like the Little League yeah. Classic. Uh, and they had this year was Pittsburgh and the Cubs when they played. That was just so cool. Like that, all the little kid, all the kids were up front, front row for that to watch these players that they idolize, and they wore just fun jerseys. They were interacting with the kids and doing the cardboard sledding down the hill in the outfield with them. The interaction that they have and the connection they get with those players that they idolize. You know, they're never going to have that kind of experience, and it, they take with that. They take that 
their entire lifetime. And it's just really, really fun to see, um, and the camaraderie that's that's there too. It's it's really nice. Yeah, we're on board about you. Yeah, I mean, you, you let us off with a little town here in Trumbull, but I mean, you know, 1989, every time I say, or my dad, you know, mentions, oh, oh my son lives up in Connecticut, oh, where? Trumbull. The first thing out of their mouth is, didn't they win the World League World Series back in the 80s and 90s? Like, yeah, 89. So, you know, I think it's a, it's always a fun thing, and, and you know, it's 2019, and my, you know, my dad's mentioning Trumbull, Connecticut, and guys still remember that, you know, that team, because Taiwan had won it for like three or four years in a row. And uh, they beat Taiwan as the first American team to beat them in in four years. So I I, I think I, I always think it's fun. I think people talk about it. Maybe they don't watch it all the time because it's not like a, a Super Bowl because they're playing during the day. But I think it's a great thing. You know, I think it's good to see the camaraderie and remember how fun it was to watch kids play. And you know, it's like man, that would have been cool to be able to do that. And you said they, they the the joy on their faces. You know, they're not making twenty five million. They don't strike out and just hee-haw, walk away, and whatever. I mean, these kids, like, they're emotionally into this game. You know, when they lose, it's like, man, like, you know, they're they're really invested into it. So I love watching it. Um, You know, I I hope, wish I could have watched more of it. Just life is busy now, but I used to watch a lot more of it, you know, in in college and post-college. And when I was working in baseball, you know, during the day, we'd always have it on, you know, to see who was winning and how the international teams were doing and who was going to make it. So I always love watching it. I think it's fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited for in a few years when my son's old enough. I think that'd be kind of a fun road trip to go to, uh, maybe during the week, and maybe go watch a couple games if he gets into baseball. Uh, you know, because I, I don't know how many how long of a drive it is. I'm sure it's like seven or eight hours from here. But um, you know, for the summer, the end of the summer, it's kind of a cool, cool thing to do. Fun to watch. Um, again, they they do the sledding in the outfield. They just get some piece of cardboard and slide down it, kind of like sledding. You do like you do the sledding in the winters out here. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's just kind of a fun thing. So hopefully maybe in a few years, all of our sons are going to be playing little league and, um, <laughs> maybe, maybe Trumbull will have another team in the world series when our kids are on the team. That'd be kind of cool. There we yeah. go. Something to strive for. Let's do it. Let's get those guys yeah. out there. Um, <laughs> all right, guys, let's see. We got a, we got a few minutes left here. Let's talk a little bit of college football. That's starting up. Actually, it started last night. Um, I think the big game was Florida versus Miami. There was also, uh, University of Arizona playing at Hawaii at the late game that we were probably asleep for or not paying attention to. Um, so yeah, that, what's do you guys have any favorite like tailgating things you've done in co- when it comes to college football that you like to do? Food or just tailgating memories? Well, I uh, I went to so I went down to J- James Madison University down in Virginia. So we were kind of subdivision A and. You know, and I really looked on the map. When I was in college, I, I think we were maybe won four games in the four years I was there. Uh, but I think we would go to tailgate, watch the first half, they'd be blown out, and we leave by halftime and go somewhere else to drink and hang out. Um, but since then, they actually have been pretty good, and they've been one of the top teams in there. So we've been getting a lot more into it. Um, I'm a big Notre Dame fan. I'm hoping that they do well this year. But I always... Uh, you know, we now do some uh, viewing parties here for the JMU alumni in the Connecticut. My wife and I are kind of uh, oversee that group. So we have a lot of fun doing a couple of meetup parties with JMU alum throughout the year. So, you know, going to old games when they were getting blown up. And now it's more fun when they're winning and you can kind of meet up with some alumni. And, you know, they, I think they're, they're ranked number one now. So it should be fun, hopefully, to get some more uh, viewing parties with some uh, JMU alumni. We'll see. Cool. Brian, what, what do you got? 
Uh, uh, well, I, I went to school up in New Hampshire, uh, for, and they played hockey there. So we didn't really see too much football. Um, but I think for college football tailgating, you know, that's fun. I think one of the fond memories I have of college football, which isn't much, not really something I, I watch a ton of, but I went to the uh, kickoff classic in 95, uh, Eddie George was playing for Ohio state, uh, and he just ran all over BC and that was that was kind of cool just to see a, a guy like that and that kind of talent just run all over some, you know, a whole team. And you could definitely see the difference, you know, a, a man amongst boys on the field there. And that was, that was pretty cool to see, especially being at a, at a young age and not really knowing who's who, but you could tell he definitely stood out and here he is college hall, football hall of fame. Uh, he's, he's a pretty good runner back in the NFL too. Yeah. What uh do you have a do you have a favorite team in the uh college football there, Brian? Uh went to a small school in New uh, Hampshire, do you uh, have a honestly no. I, I think as a kid I you know, when uh Florida State was good, I watched them. Charlie Ward, he was great uh Florida State quarterback. He also played for the Knicks. Um so that was that was always fun. Um but that was it. I always like to see them beat Miami. I, I remember Florida State Miami would play a big game around Thanksgiving and we'd always be in the city or I think we went to a Broadway show once and I, I had a, like a little radio and a Walkman with me or something so I could listen to the game while I was at the the show and the guy in front of me that I, in the theater was doing the same exact thing so that we were, nice. we were listening, to the, <laughs> listening to the big game while, while at a show and I guess it's kind of a waste of a ticket but I didn't care I was, I was more into the game <laughs> nice alright well um, Rob, what do you think? Do you have like a best game day memory since you've been to obviously some college football games, James Madison wise? Have you been there when they've been good? Have you gone to games when they've been good? Yeah, they uh, ESPN did a college game day there a few years back, and um, we happened to be already going to the game. My wife and I we got a big group to kind of go back there, see the stadium they've added onto it. Um, so going down a college game day and going to the field and the quad and seeing all the people with the signs and everything. That was a lot of fun, you know, seeing uh, the guys in ESPN. Um, just there, you're like, wow, this is kind of cool because, you know, we're kind of a we're small school. And just to see the ESPN trucks up there and on, you know, seeing our school on TV, and they, they uh, you know, they treated us like we were one of the big-time schools. So it kind of felt good to go and see that happen. Um, but, yeah, I think that was probably the best, you know, pregame experience and, and seeing our school on, on ESPN and kind of well-known around. That is pretty cool. My, my, I think my favorite uh, game day memory is going to see Notre Dame. They played um, Michigan under the lights in Michigan at the big house. Uh, and my in, uh, brother and sister-in-law were both Michigan alumni, so that we were able to get tickets to it. So my wife and I uh, went with them to the game, and we got up early to get on game day. Um, game day was broadcasting there. We made some signs. I had one. I think mine said, play like a champion today, please, because Notre Dame was kind of struggling a little bit. Um, my, sister needed a, my sister-in-law needed a, uh, a sign, and that was when Denard Robinson was playing. So I said, welcome to Mr. Denard, Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. That one got on. Um, so we kind of had some fun with it. We got to make some signs. <laughs> the game was fantastic. I mean, Notre Dame lost. I wasn't shocked because as a Notre Dame fan, we – get heartbreak so i wasn't i just i was kind of bummed it happened but they did the old school uniforms the referees had the old school hats on the the stadium was just electric the fans were actually really cool to notre dame fans i had all notre dame michigan fans were cool because if they said anything bad about notre dame or looked at me funny i said hey look i hate ohio state too and they loved me so 
everybody everybody had a great time um michigan i mean michigan won it in like the last 15 seconds fantastic game again i wish the outcome was different but just so much fun and then at the end the end of the game we all stayed in the stadium and we were all singing like neil dime and we were singing all these songs and it didn't matter if you're a notre dame or michigan fan it was just everybody was enjoying it so i think that absolutely had to be my best game day memory my team lost but and it was an opposing how opposing visiting stadium, but still just just amazing. So I have to say, even though it didn't go my way, that was that was a lot of fun. So I mean, probably like yours, James Madison having um, game day at your school. That's got to be pretty cool to just to see him on your campus. Um, something about that, and you see all the signs. You look around, um, just read the sign. Just reading the signs is hilarious too. So um, yeah, yeah definitely some enjoy good that. Out there. There were definitely yeah. some good ones out there. Um, I don't know if I could even say some of them on our podcast. This is a PG show, right? So yeah, no, <laughs> we can't that. say most of them. But I think ESPN does a good job of making sure they're not on there. They don't if they don't catch them at the beginning, right? Um, they've got some pretty fun ones. And then there's always the Michigan State flag. There's always like some Michigan State alumni that's been on there since game day started. Kind of a funny tradition. So if you ever watch game day and you're wondering why a Michigan or a Washington State Cougars flag is up there. It's just it was some tradition started at the very first game day, and they've kept it going. So, just a so totally random thing, but pretty cool that they kept they've kept that going for I don't know how many years it's been. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so all right, boys, we're coming to the end. Um, Brian, any last words, excitement for the week? Yeah, let's go, Trumbull Dads Fantasy Football. We had a successful uh, draft lottery, and we got a couple of leagues. And good luck to everybody. That's true. We did our. We did our. Um, we have two divisions this year. We had. A, we have twenty dads doing it. Two teams or two divisions of ten each. So it's it's going to be a lot of fun. We had it at a uh, local beer garden. We did the draft with some ping pong balls. Everybody came out. We pulled the names in your division and your draft position. So kind of a fun tradition there. Uh, we've talked about what we're going to do next year already about something really fun and creative. Probably involving drinking too, but something fun with drafting the positions, kind of like the Shivi show, the league. Um, Rob, you got any last words? Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I'm doing some fantasy now. That I know my draft position, some uh, fantasy research on where uh, seven out of ten teams were on, what guys I'm going to get. But uh, yeah, I'm. I'm excited for it. You know, I think it's going to be a fun year. So I, I'm looking forward to the the the, the league championship, or I guess the super. Trumbull Dad's Bowl, we'll call it. So uh, that'll be at the end of the year. So that should be some fun to get 20 guys in. And, uh, it, you know, it's nice to get guys involved, and we'll see how it goes. I mean, that's where, yeah. we, met, when, that's where we met you last year, Nate, coming out for the yep. years. And here we are. So, Trumbull Dad's, and now we're doing a podcast. It's crazy. So. It's a beautiful thing. All right, guys. All right. Well, for Brian, Rob, and myself, have a uh, great evening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>